where nobody knows your name is not filmed in front of a live studio audience. Hello and welcome to another episode of Where Nobody Knows Your Name, a Cheers podcast. My name is Troy. And my name is James. Troy's back, y'all. I am. I am. Speaking of back, I have got some backache today. Oh, yeah? Yeah, a bit of lower backache. I've been trying out sofas all day. And I think the the constant up and down, up and down of trying different sofas has just ruined me. So now all I want to do is just buy a new one and sit on it and not move again. But we still got the rigmarole of getting it delivered. So there you go. There's a segue. Back. Back to back. <laughs> how, how do I go from sofas to episode? Uh, well, so far, season eight has been wow. quite good. Yeah. Wow. wow. <laughs> You really shoehorn that one in. Uh, I think it worked. <laughs> I think, yeah, it was, I've, I've heard worse. It was all right. Yeah, it was that, all right. That will do. <laughs> Aside from that, how are you? Are you all right? Uh, yeah, not bad. Uh, Good went, went for friends' birthday drinks yesterday, hence why we were recording in the evening today, because got to bed at uh, the early hours of the morn. The wee hours, the small hours. Yeah, and he was like, oh, should we get breakfast at this cafe tomorrow? Went, yeah, sure. And then woke up five, four or five hours after I went to bed, like, nah, mate, no. You're on your own, mate. On your own. Not happening. Not happening. But other than that, good. Good Oh, Anyway, we digress. Should we, uh, should we get into to this particular episode? Yeah, this episode is How to Marry a Mailman. It aired on October 19th, 1989, directed by James Burroughs and written by Brian Pollock and Mert Rich. And I tell you what, it's a good episode. It's a cliff-centered episode. Aye, and and much to my pleasure, because he's a funny man. He's a funny, farcical guy. He is, he's a funny... Well, I was going to say something else, yeah. He's, he's a, <laughs> a funny individual. <laughs> Yeah, this episode, a particular standout for that, for Cliff. The cold open, then. This British guy that's coming to go on a date with Rebecca. He's come into the bar and he's buying up all these places in Boston and Rebecca's like, wow, he's got accent and money. (laughs) (laughs) What's not to like? I'm invested. Uh, And he's like, well, yes, good. (laughs) (laughs) Good then. (laughs) Okay. So, So there courting which wasn't a pun but let's say it was because his name is robin cole court uh, but, uh yeah. you you are just full of them today aren't you i'm full of i'm full of a lot of things are you, are you still drunk by chance no officer. Right. Just- <laughs> robin right just call, call him rob for now yeah so rob, rob's coming for a date uh, with rebecca isn't he and then cliff and norm introduce themselves and I think he seems to remember Norm, but not Cliff. Is that right? Yeah, I think it's the same kind of thing as um, Somner Sloan, the OG, uh, OG bad boy Somner Sloan. But <laughs> OG bad boy. Yeah, that, right. Maybe I am still drunk, but basically, uh, <laughs> you remember us, and he goes, "Sure, Wally, Fred." <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> What are they talking about? This like a show about a millionaire or a show called Millionaire, where he just or she that the, the millionaire just gives large sums of money, often to random individuals. Um, they're basically getting at the fact that he's a millionaire, and they're hoping that he'll do the same. And I think they're quite eager to impress him, aren't they? 
yeah, it's a secret millionaire or undercover boss, that type of thing. Where, yeah. You know, where in undercover boss, if they've done a good job, they're like, do you want lots of money? And if yeah. you've done a bad job, you're fired. You're fired. <laughs> yeah. So he gets a drink. I think he orders a whiskey or something like he that. He orders or... a very expensive brandy. <laughs> brandy. That's it. That's it. And then and then as he leaves, I think they, they kind of squabble over who's going to pay it in, in an attempt to impress him. Until they realize that it's $75 for the drink. Uh, to which Cliff ends up paying for it. Yeah, because, well, he, this is what I don't like. He says that he doesn't have any cash on him and doesn't, there's not really an excuse <laughs> for, for him not having cash. Um, who, who does it? Who said that? Sorry, Cliff or Norm? Robin. Uh, oh, Robin. So, oh, right. Uh, so did, I think that's what happened. But previously, Rebecca's other expensive love interest, same thing happened where he said at Cheers he didn't have any money but the excuse he gave the excuse he gave was because he was off to japan in a couple of hours so the only money he had was yen it's like oh that's okay what are you doing coming into a bar and ordering a drink if you've got no money uh i don't like this guy he's a bit of a rat it's like i don't have any cash on me but i can pay with this little piece of plastic and you're like yeah fine there you go or traveler's checks or (laughs) or stamps because they're legal tender i think you'll find that I think you'll find our legal tender, pal. <laughs> Aye, you can pay with stamps. It's Don't forget true. that. It is, yeah. $75, though, for a, for a measure of brandy. That's, that's quite a whack, isn't it? What's the most you've paid for a single measure of alcohol? I think maybe £18. £18? Yeah. That's, that's a fair whack. Yeah, it? I think it was, it, was at, it was at a funeral or a wedding or something, and therefore... A big old fancy venue, uh, right? And I was right. like, "Fine, I'm not having it again." <laughs> <laughs> it's a one-off. Uh, yeah, I will save. Time. I will savor this drink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think I've probably had quite an expensive whiskey, like twenty six, twenty seven pound a measure or something like that. But just just a one-off. One in Rome. Yeah, well, that's that's true. I once paid. I don't know what it was for just the uh, drink, but in this little takeout uh, joint, uh, <laughs> my vocabulary is bizarre today. In this little, <laughs> this, this little takeout joint round the corner from Deleuve, uh I paid thirty euros for a slice of pizza and a coffee, which was ridiculous. Thirty euros? Yeah, ridiculous. Uh, for for context, you take you take a subway about twenty minutes, half an hour subway to another suburb of Paris. You can pay thirty euros and get half a lobster, some snails, and a glass of wine for the same amount. That is absolutely ludicrous. Yeah, that is mad money. Yeah, I won't um, be going to Paris in a hurry. It's, it's, no, I've, <laughs> I've passed I've passed through there on the way back from a festival, and I got a burger and chips and a beer. And I think that must have cost me about twenty odd pounds or something. And it was it was a piddly little burger as well. Yeah, no, it's so, uh, yeah. it's an expensive place. It is. It is. Anyway, <laughs> we digress. Let's get back to the episode, mate. <laughs> we're we're good at that. In the in the rest of the episode, Carla is confused. Well, this isn't really a main plot, but it's what starts off the episode in earnest. She is <laughs> Carla is confused because of the latest arc in criminals at large uh which i don't know as a show but it seems it's 
like a panorama, you know, it's a like political or social interest show here in the UK where they're like, there's this issue. Uh, whereas I always preferred Brass Eye, which was a parody of it. Yes. It was fantastic. <laughs> there's, a, there's a new drug on the street. It's called cake. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it is, I think it's that kind of thing where she's talking about, yeah. where yeah. she's uh, she's saying, there's this kind of uh, Black Widow type, uh, you know, who kills her husbands and takes all their money. And sounds like, and what's the problem? She's like, I don't understand why the police are after her. She seems like, <laughs> like a perfectly logical woman. <laughs> Marries a rich man, takes the money, kills them, moves on, rinse, repeat. <laughs> and speaking of uh, angry women, uh, we pan over to Frisch and Lilith. <laughs> He's got plus on his head. Uh, apparently it's from, what does he say? Flirting at... Some class he's been to? Uh, an incident at Lamar's class. Lamar's is, you know, the uh, breathing uh, that they do. Oh, for the, the breathing yeah. technique. The yeah. <laughs> that That's it. Uh, there you and- go. <laughs> What's with your head? There was an incident in our Lamar's class. <laughs> what happened? Suffice it to say that Lamar's class is not the place to flirt. <laughs> Rebecca then comes in uh, and she says that she was in a car accident, but it was more a, a fender bender. Yeah. Um, but rather than pay for the damages to the car, the man uh, that crashed into her uh, is a plastic surgeon and has offered instead to give her uh, some free work. Uh, so she's got a dilemma as to what she would like done. I, I, I do not like this man. Who, the, the, the guy that she's crashed in, or he he's crashed into her? Plastic surgeon. He's an opportunist and a scoundrel. Uh, he's-, <laughs> he's a charlatan and a shill. <laughs> yes. <laughs> an ambulance chaser of the highest order. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, so she, she's got that dilemma as to, to what she wants doing. Um, and then they start talking. I think she's looking through the brochure, isn't she? And they see a picture of someone that's had a nose job. Woody's confused when he sees the picture of the before picture and thinks that they've done a terrible job. <laughs> and then he sees the after picture, to, which leads to him asking, well, what do they do with the leftover nose after the operation? I think uh, it's a good question. <laughs> I think it's a good question. They, they, he compares it to what they do of like leftover pig's noses or something. And they, yeah put it in something I don't smash know, it up into a sausage and they were like woody and i'm like yeah, I've, yeah but i mean that that happens I, and I've, I've had haggis you know it's just kind exactly of like, it's just it's, it's just, all, just <laughs> it's just it's all animal bits you know it's just just bits of an animal like what i like to call mystery meat yeah. Ooh, yeah. ooh, Mister. Ooh, well, I'll have the 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 rump of the pig because that's fine. But the nose. Ugh. Ooh, I'll turn my nose up at that. Hey. Ah, it's gonna be one of those days, isn't it? <laughs> but yeah, nose. It's a valid point. What do they do with it? Is it just, so? I said this to sidetrack slightly. Uh, to to to, <laughs> to pull the curtain back a little bit. Uh, I lost a testicle about uh eight nine years ago and i always wondered i'm like obviously they're kind of clinical waste bins and then they just chuck everything in the same one is there is there a like is there a, a bin of old bollocks at the back of a hospital <laughs> the bollock the bollock just box, just a, yeah. just a bollock but like is 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 there a specific bin for that so if you go like plastic surgeon place ah so, oh, there's 
the no the noses go in there and like the I don't know bits of thigh meat that we've cut off they go in there like or is it just all one <laughs> what well, the phrase which came to my mind is can't tell that your ass from your elbow <laughs> can't tell your ass from your elbow exactly yeah they're all just mixed in together you haven't got a clue so i'm i'm much like woody i need clarity on this i think yeah no it is a fair point <laughs> it is a fair point it is a fair point um anyway miss we, high we, and mighty being just <laughs> get that off your high horse uh to, to the main man of the episode cliff so margaret o'keefe uh is a woman that cliff has had uh, a love interest in she lives in canada and he gets a call saying that she's coming to town it's it's a bit it's a bit breakfast club have you seen breakfast club when a, i have i have seen breakfast Club. when it goes times. oh yeah the girls of vancouver falls you know i've, I've been with it <laughs> and all these girls of <laughs> vancouver falls that any of them have names or faces or <laughs> nah 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 nondescript <laughs> yep uh but yeah but she's she's nice lilith doesn't believe that that cliff <laughs> has a as a lady friend um, nah, nah, she doesn't. Who's Margaret O'Keefe? Oh, she's a young woman with whom Cliff had a brief romantic encounter. If you don't want to tell me, just say so. You don't have to make things up. <laughs> Carla says she thinks she's coming to finish things with Cliff, as in to, to, to end the relationship. Cliff seems more optimistic. However, he he's worried as previous relationships and dates he's had um, have led to him getting what he calls hysterical blindness which he only gets uh, when she's around him. Yeah. I don't know if this is an actual medical term, an actual medical condition. I, I haven't looked it up. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look it up now. Uh, well, we his, hysteria is. Um, there are a few historical examples which of mass hysteria where people believe that a specific symptom is, uh, is a bound due to due to a specific illness or disease or whatever and therefore out of hypochondria and paranoia they start exhibiting said symptoms um okay. when they don't have <laughs> said disease or illness in the first place um I've, I've got it up here actually also 2002 a film called hysterical blindness there you go oh oh yeah it's got uma thurman in as well no less and juliette lewis Interesting. One of the most commonly asked questions on Google, well, not one of, but the, the the explanation I've got here is what occurs during hysterical blindness when you experience this temporary loss of vision, emotional turmoil usually causes you to block off visual impulses from your eyes to your brain, which can render you unable to see temporarily. This happens when hysteria presents itself as an affliction of a sensory organ such as your eyes. Oh, also, what happens if you're in a you're a teenager in Newcastle and you get a paintball in your face? Aye, that's a Michael <laughs> Grove reference for for absolutely no one. <laughs> can I see, man? I can I see? I'm blind. <laughs> there you go. Oh, Biker Grove. That's that's a reference I didn't think I'd hear on this podcast. Yeah, no, it's it's a reference. I think most of our listeners would go, "What the hell is he talking about?" <laughs> he's he's still on the sauce, that man. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, back to the episode, though. Lilith wants him to be the subject of a, a uni project, uh, as she she finds it incredibly intriguing. And then Cliff says something about the eagle on his shoulder. I think he can. He's that's it. I think he's talking about him 
forever being kind of alone because he he can't have a relationship because of this condition and compares himself to the lone eagle on on the sleeve of his mailman outfit and goes on about their mating habits and and things yeah (laughs) yeah too much info yeah it is and then maggie comes in and he shuts up which is good that's it yeah it's good for everyone yeah they have a big old embrace and she says, uh, she says to Cliff, like, I've, I've, I've missed you so much and, and all that good stuff. Uh, she says that the men in Canada don't compare to him. Uh, Carla overhears this and says, well, it must be a butt ugly country then in that case. <laughs> <They're> but- <laughs> I, I think that's quite harsh, Cliff. Is that, but they're but pale, feeble imitations of you. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I've said it before, I'll say it again. Carla does not mince her words, um, says what she means. And, and is always brutally honest. So sometimes, sometimes a, a little more brutal than necessary. Words served unaminced. <laughs> Pure sixteen-ounce words. <laughs> All the fat trimmed off. Margaret asks Cliff if she can be his girl. He is overjoyed about it. He orders himself, well, orders them uh, rather a bottle of champagne. Uh, and as he's pouring that, it's going all over the floor, nowhere near the cup. And he is as blind as a mole, as he says. Uh, the hysterical blindness has well and truly kicked in. He says he's as blind as a mole, but he's also lost another sense point. It's not just a sight. There's a sense called proprioception. Are you familiar with this? No, I am not. Sense of your own, uh, your own self and your own distance from things. So, for example, even if you close your eyes, you can probably figure out where your nose is and where your other hand yeah. is. He seems to have lost that because he tries to pour his he tries to pour his champagne and misses the glass. But he can tell where the glass is; it's in his other hand. So he's also yeah. lost his his uh, proprioception, his sense of self distance. As you were saying that, like if you close your eyes, you can tell where your nose and your hand is. As you said that, I literally did it just to <laughs> just a test, and I'm I'm all right. I think I'm good there. Should the worst happen? Yeah, uh, <laughs> but it's it's why when when you're drunk, kind of lose balance uh mm. and say if you're playing darts or something you go way off uh, it's partly to do with this proprioception thing and just not mm. just because you're rubbish at darts not just because of the vision we've played we've played darts before we've played darts <laughs> together yeah and, uh, I'm, I'm not great <laughs> we're, we're, i think we're fairly equally balanced the two <laughs> yeah that's, that's a nice way of putting it <laughs> well, well i think it's i think you know we've we won and lost the same times amount against each other, oh, I think. Yeah. Yes. yes. Um, but I'm not, not only three points down and be like, look, Troy, my proprioception <laughs> has gone. <laughs> oh. I, cu- I couldn't say that word at the best of times, let alone after a few bites. Oh, 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 wait, Fraser, you wind it in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, Cliff is blind and to kind of cover up what's happened, uh, he tells Maggie that some of the mist from the champagne got in his eyes and has blinded him. Husky champagne mist. <laughs> I think she then leaves or, or, or goes to the, the toilet or something or other. But as soon as she's left, Cliff can now see clearly again, or at least he said he can see Carla's face clear as a bell. But, you know, at least I can see. At least I could see. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got your back, Carla, you mix. <laughs> <laughs> One all, touche. Uh, <laughs> Fraser thinks he's worked out what Cliff's problem is, uh, but tells him there's no quick fix to it. So Cliff is obviously now worried about uh, 
what's going to happen for the evening. That's it. Maggie says she's she's going to go and buy some clothes for the evening to wear when she comes round. So Cliff gives her the money, doesn't he? And then he asks Sam for help because he can't see anything. He knows that once she comes around, he won't be able to see anything. So he needs Sam to be there to be his guiding hand. Will you be my seeing eye, Sam, basically? Yes, that's it. Rebecca is still after suggestions as to what plastic surgery she should have. And Woody, being the kind-natured soul that he is, says that she's perfect and doesn't need anything. She says she's not perfect. There's always something that can sorted out. So he just says, fine, get your breasts done. Yeah, get your breasts done, love. <laughs> just, yeah. Uh, the thing is, if that had come from anyone else at the bar, you'd have just been like, ah, oh, you dirty, sleazy get. <laughs> you Whereas, dirty old man. Woody's so pure, he's just like, yeah. It's the fact that there was there was no hesitation. No, no, uh, that's the everything. Uh, uh, okay, thank you, Woody. No, thank you. No, thank you. That's it. <laughs> uh, we then fast forward to uh, later that evening when Sam arrives at Cliff's place. He's showing off his, his new clip-on tie made from synthetic materials. Uh, apparently, it's quite water-resistant. Uh, to the point where he pours his corn juice on it. And then I think he attempts to put some salsa on. Sam Sam doesn't need to see that. He stops it before it gets a bit too much. Cliff, bit I, too- I, I get the point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I quite like this uh, as a concept as a tie. My dad has given me sparse words of advice, but one of the things he has said is never wear a white shirt to a Chinese restaurant. Uh, and yeah. this type of material, ooh, that's a, that's a good material for any form of restaurant uh, I there's think. there's got to be a like a waterproof stain proof shirt that's just like a teflon shirt silk is that is that good for it I've yeah got a few silk i don't shirts. know no i don't know I'm not sure i don't know i'll go back through old episodes of dragon's den someone might come up <laughs> something like that i don't know oh, i would love <laughs> to see that episode just just a guy <laughs> It's just got a table lined up of kind of different fast food meals or different restaurant type meals. And it's just just a guy with like a fork or a spoon at the event just testing it and just launching it at this guy's shirt. Just spreading mustard on the collar going, see, it comes see? right up. See, look, you couldn't even tell it was on there. Meanwhile, the guy's eyes are streaming. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, would this be a good time to to go through some of the cast at all from the show? Yes, there's very little in this uh, episode. Other than the main cast, we've got B.B. Newith as Dr. Lilith Sternan, Annie Golden as Mark O'Keefe, Webster Williams as uh, Miles, uh, who, is, who is the chauffeur. Of course, we've got Roger Reese as Robin Coldcurd, and uh, Philip Pillman is uncredited as Phil. That's it. I'm not going to go into the credits because they've all appeared in previous episodes. So, there you go. Yeah. Listen to them. if you've got this far i hope you've listened to the rest and if if you haven't uh, then go back and listen to him because there's there's plenty 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 yeah there there is indeed so we're at cliff's place and he has basically kind of mentally mapped out his apartment hasn't he He said he's been practicing all day he's been walking around his eyes closed so he 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 knows the perimeters of his apartment and uh, where the tables are and, and shelves and stuff. Sam says, you know, you must have been banging your shins on everything. Uh, he said, yep. He said, there's absolutely no feeling. that the, the, the feeling of my shins is long gone. I found, I'll tell you what, if I tried this in my apartment, it would be a bloody death trap because the stairs... I mean, the little steps and everything like that, it'd be like <laughs> Pat Sharp's funhouse. 
Dave Benson Phillips, get your own back. There you go. There's some more classic references. You already had Grain Chill. There's two more. Two more for you. Take that. This is for, for those British millennials out there. Oh, yeah. we, we know you're listening. <laughs> well, I was saying that. If you don't know what they are, go back and have a look at Dave Benson Phillips, get your own back. Pat Sharp's Funhouse. And while you're at it, Biker Grove. But Cliff seems to be fine, other than, you know, a few banged shins. Some bruised shins is all right. Maggie then arrives. And so isn't there some sort of sign that, that Cliff says for Sam to look out for? Or give a little, um, uh, give a little, pull on his tie, a little nudge on his tie there. Uh, that's it. But when he goes blind, uh, which yeah. leads to a great bit of physical humour. It's <laughs> just... <laughs> oh, this next few minutes in this episode are just gold. So it's it's the ripping off of the tie verse. It's not subtle at all. No. <laughs> and him him pretending to be blind, like him just kind of looking up at the ceiling, just, it's superb. It's absolutely hilarious. I was in pieces. Here's a fun fact. Cliff isn't the only nationally employed uh, worker who wear pull-off ties. Do you know the other type of worker who wear pull-off ties? It's not a stripper. It's, it's, <laughs> it's Magic Mike. Now, um, it's got to be policeman or doorman, like security work, so they yeah. can't be choked out. Because when I used to be a doorman, I'd, I'd wear a tie when I was a doorman, but I'd wear a proper tie. And then the other guys are just like, I oh, shouldn't wear that. I'm like, why? And then he just grabbed it and yanked it. I was like, oh, oh, oh. yeah, <laughs> right. Clip, clip on tie it is then. <laughs> Little bow tie. Just <laughs> oh, yeah. No, not that. It will look like Magic Mike. <laughs> a little bow tie and nothing else. Just a bow tie and a smile. <laughs> Welcome to the club. Step right in. Um, yes. Uh, so, yeah, he, he yanks the tie off. Um, and it's just, if, if, you, if you haven't watched it, if you're listening to this and just kind of going off what we say, I, am, I implore you to watch, even if it's just this scene, just this few minutes, it is gold. Of course, uh, Sam tries his best and he goes, yeah, yeah, I came here to borrow, borrow Cliff's tie. Uh, but the best way to look at a tie is by sitting down, uh, which is a which is a, <laughs> a, a lie, but but she's like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just this kind of series of errors, you watch it kind of getting worse and worse. And she's like, oh, you know, what should we do? And he's like, I could show you how I can walk around the apartment without any help at all. <laughs> Uh, so he does he gets up and then he knocks the lamp off um and uh they're then talking but she's like oh this is a lovely sofa and he's like oh it it falls out into a sofa bed she was like oh i'd love to see that and in cliff's mind like that's that's game time that's it bye sam like straight off he um he picks up a dime in the corner and he goes ah look yeah look a dime he Uh, reads out the year of it doesn't he uh, (laughs) Remember the year of it from when he picked it up earlier when he could see. <laughs> and it's a, it's a reference to the Great Escape, I think, where a blind oh, really? forger picks up a dime. In a, in a, oh, okay. Another favourite bit is um, <laughs> when they're sitting there, he goes, uh, would you like some corn? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's Initially, he's like, do you want some corn? And he picks up the ashtray and she's like, I don't smoke. He's like, oh. And then he gets past the corn and then <laughs> just pours the corn into the ashtray. <laughs> and then Sam's just sat there just eating it out of the ashtray while Cliff Clinton used to make a prat of himself. E- eating an ashtray full of corn, which is <laughs> uh, the original song by Corner Shop. 
Oh, mate. <laughs> Outstanding. Um, so Sam does eventually leave. Him and Cliff are conversing outside the apartment as Sam's about to leave. And Cliff keeps turning around, walking the wrong way, either walking the other end of the kind of corridor, the same way that Sam's going, but just not into his apartment. Sam does go off. We then see from inside the apartment, Cliff just walk into and over the balcony and down into the swimming pool. Yeah. I just about lost it. <laughs> Proper Buster Keaton move, wasn't it? Oh, <laughs> mate, it was superb. Absolutely superb. We then go back to the bar. Uh, Sam comes in with Margaret and Frasier then explains to Margaret that Cliff is is deeply troubled and, and we don't hear it, but we know that he's explaining uh, Cliff's unfortunate situation, um, or rather condition, um, with hysterical blindness. Rebecca then comes back in uh, after having had some plastic surgery done. Uh, everyone is very, very intrigued as to, to what it is that she's had done. Uh, and it turns out that she's had a tattoo removed on her lower back, which was in turn covering up a mole, which she also had removed. Which isn't sexy. <laughs> nah. nah, and they're all disappointed. So like, well, we'll just have to pretend she was lying, Norm. Just <laughs> <laughs> Cliff comes back. Uh, he's he's dried himself up a little bit. Margaret approaches him, and he worries he's going to go blind again. Uh, however, she's been filled in about his condition uh, from Fraser. She said that she's decided to go back to Canada. She wants to continue to talk to Cliff over the phone, but he wants her to stay. He wants to try and get over his condition. Won't you stay just a little bit longer? I'm not going to do the pitch. It's, but you know the song of which <laughs> yeah. I mean. Before. Yes, <laughs> yes, I do. Yes, I do. So yeah, Cliff Cliff says no, no. I want you to stay. I need to try and get over this. She's extremely happy. She says she's going to go back and 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 get her stuff and and come and move in. As she leaves, uh, Cliff sat down at the table and immediately face plants the bowl of potato chips and. <laughs> He's not blind, but realizes he's actually paralyzed from the waist down. Can't catch a break. <laughs> Cannot catch a break. Poor Cliff. You got a feel for him here. You really have. Bless him. <laughs> Speaking of uh, Cliff, it's trivia. Oh, I. Oh, oh, your legs work. Good. <laughs> Go and eat your corn. <laughs> he sat home in his corn. It was the eagle that's delivered them. It's like an advanced carrier pigeon. Ah. Uh. <laughs> Here we go. Carrier Pigeon Extreme. <laughs> As usual, before we open our letters, we have to give a shout out to our norms on Patreon. So this goes out to Treb Curry. If you want that special norm treatment, then check out our Patreon page for that and so much more. Cliff's bumper sticker, he claims, uh, talks about the kind of uh, romantic prowess of postal workers. <laughs> what, uh, what does it say? I yeah I don't know. <laughs> Not even going to hazard a guess with this one, James. Um, <laughs> I could try and make a pun up, but it'd be awful. And this is a PG podcast. Oh, you could be like, he, he's got the full package. The, the mailman cometh. Um, I don't know something uh, like that. It's a uh, letter carriers do it on foot. Oh, that's it. And, yeah. and then they went, what does that mean? And he went, I don't know. It was, I, don't know. I got it for free. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> what was the name of Cliff's high school girlfriend for which he first experienced 
hysterical blindness. Uh, so like Agnes or something like that? It is not like Agnes. Right. What is it then? <laughs> it's uh, Wendy Beeman. Wendy Beeman. Yeah. Right. Okay. Well, not out of two. I've, <laughs> I've, I couldn't have done much worse. <laughs> oh, dear. With, with that sound, it's time for Last Call. I, I know what we'll have to drink, and uh, I'm hoping it pairs well with what I have as the food item. Go on. Well, champagne, obviously, is a celebration. And uh, to pair with the champagne, an ashtray full of corn. <laughs> Amazing. Why don't more pubs sell that as a snack? I, well, I don't know, but I did go to a... I'm sure I've told you about this once, where a pub served a half pint of pork scratchings. That you have told me, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, like the US equivalent would be uh, like a, a gallon of beef jerky. <laughs> <laughs> also acceptable. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, some kind of proper Salvador Dali themed bar. I'll have an ashtray <laughs> of ashtray of corn, please. <laughs> right, that's that then. It is that, yes. And uh, without further ado, this has been where nobody knows your name. Cheers, podcast, and we'll be back next week. <laughs>